Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will, sadly, be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious. Assume you might be infectious. And that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
doctor reading that all line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Folks, uh, St. Arafat Day, it's Pay the Blick Day. And uh, I don't know about it, it the sound was um, dropping out and uh, we made a bunch of changes. And uh, it's always that tax evading Blick's fault. So uh, any any production issues, uh, put them on his shoulders, not mine. I like things to stay the same. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, what are we going to be doing today? Well... Um, oh shit! I, I I wanted to. Well, there's a paper that's come out uh, which is causing a bit of a fuss, which is uh, vaccines and cardiac injury. So uh, I want to take a look at that. Um, I'm seeing. Um, well, what have we said? It's the same, the same back and forth, and the anti-vaxxers are. Jumping all over it uh, in ecstatic glee, whilst the uh, the <laughs> the gene the gene transfectors the gene transfector fetishists are uh, in damage control mode. Um, I want to take a look at the paper, just see what it really says, and um, yeah, uh, I had another paper as well that um, well, you know, we've got to be it. 
are vaccines um, causing cardiac issues? Um, this is an important question. I guess that's why people are so, so interested in the um, in results that do come out. And uh, yeah, I want to I want to try and do my bit to uh, try to have a but a fair scientific appraisal. Um, oh, God. I, let me just kill. I quit Telegram. Everything. I don't know why. <laughs> it just, it never, it makes nary a beep. But as soon as I start streaming, some, some rando will, will get into my uh, uh, feed. All right. So, uh, yeah, what else has been going on? Of course we did. I've done a lot of, streaming with other people i do enjoy doing that having conversations um we did a, a few this week um well, it was broken truth at the well if you consider sunday last week but then um what was the other one i did uh did, 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 uh forgotten now forgotten uh the young lad from canada eh, with uh scott but and uh, of course we did the one with uh, Adam Green and uh, Albert Bashai, and you know in in that one it was uh, yeah it's the first time I spoke to Adam. I know his material fairly well, um, and you know what was my impressions during the conversation? But it was easy conversation uh, generally. Um, my impression though was that. Um, I had a feeling he wasn't grasping the biology and what it means and how to, I've got to find a way to take what is a very complex subject and sort of distill it down into something that the uh, everyday man can uh, wrap, wrap their mind around. It's, it's bad enough um, with viral uh, proteins science i guess um any look <laughs> all science is uh how should we say uh when you when you get to the bleeding edge of it it's kind of fuzzy uh what you can find the, the there are what are called limits of detection and um someone who works in science or is familiar with the process um it is comfortable with that knowledge um other people or, or people who aren't uh i was gonna say indoctrinated <laughs> maybe maybe that is the most appropriate um who who haven't been inducted um often often can be completely dismissive or they can be the other way which is um have total total trust in what science uh spits out and our um, scientific institutes, of course, have not covered themselves in glory, uh, especially the last three, three years, four years now. It's coming on four years. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> coming on four years and uh, we're just, well, I can't say we're just, but, uh, you know, it's inching forward with respect to actually finding out what that gene transfection technology does and you know the the sales pitch was that ah it's just uh sugar and salts and uh a few bases just just the same as you're made of lick spittle 
He'll go in your arm and then it'll be gone in a day or two and you'll be uh, fixed up all right and out to work. And we know that that's um, not the case. I mean, many, many people, of course, there have been billions of doses. Uh, We have to accept this fact. Um, Billions of people have not fallen over and face planted have people been face planting yes absolutely has there been harms Uh, it would be scientifically impossible to say that there haven't um what we're waiting for now is the uh the the butcher's bill as it were and the well i guess the amount of times i've sat here and said we'll know more in uh six months and um, usually, usually each time I've said that, uh, it's gone down in the worst possible. Oh, I can't say the worst possible fashion. They, it can always be worse, right? And um, we'll have to see what the outcome is over the winter, right? Because we have uh, an issue with um, people dropping out of the workforce we uh, which is an indicator that there's a lot more morbidity going around people are ill for a multitude of reasons there is of course um sustained excess death it's obviously not at the levels that were um at peak waves sending sending stream stream we went off um yeah it's simon's fault Blame the blick. Um, but I think we're back. Uh, I don't know what I got to. Um, what was I speaking about? What was I speaking about before we got cut off? Anyone tell me? I was talking about what we'll know in six months, basically. It dropped for a sec. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe the computer's just due a reboot. Um, as soon as I let that blick in here start... Poking around with stuff, things go wrong. Um, sort of roboting a bit. Uh, am I really going to have to reboot and do the do the stream, restart the stream? I need feedback, crowd. I need feedback. Um, it looks alright my end. It is, it's streaming, as far as I can tell. All good now. Working, working. Rumble's good, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so... (laughs) We may as well uh, push on with it. So, uh... Yeah, I'm going to have to catch up a lot on uh, the Zog Wars, and uh, it's turning out, well, I've got one report which uh, is perhaps facing reality, and in uh, in my desperation, I hope that they realise that it's a futile waste of uh, young men's lives, um, what they're doing, but uh, that would be too simple uh, approach to take, so... Um, it is uh, oh thank you chris for five bucks much much appreciated um shaheed time feinstein is dead is that true is that true can someone uh send me a link for that feinstein is dead um he certainly 
looked um he's the dude that had all the stroke right and uh <laughs> what do I... uh oh diane feinstein uh okay no i'm thinking of Federman. sorry haven't they swapped him out with a clone i've seen <laughs> i've seen the cutard uh posts about that uh she was 19 Mm. That's a fair age. Um, I don't see myself getting to ninety. Oh, I don't know. Take care of the doc. Yeah, easy, easy life, stress free. Um, uh, do, 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 do. She will finish out a term. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well. Glory be, the witch is dead, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She looked... Uh, if this is a recent image... <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, she's got a bit of the palsy face going on there. Stroke. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, she weren't long for this world. Um, what can I say? Hope old Joe goes next. Well, yes and no. The um, he is good for laughs, I guess. Just well, it's elder abuse, but yeah, you know. All right, uh, let's move on, and uh, I want to thank uh, Good Doggy for uh, this gem. Uh, I don't know what the black square is supposed to mean, but uh, let's bake a gefelt fish. Um, submit to Zog. Um, thank you. Oh, I'm not on the screen. Don't. Yeah, fixed. Um, what does the black square mean, Good Doggy? But, uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, the Just just to talk with Adam, um, I received lots of, uh, how should we say, um, uh, proselytizing for the, for the good doc soul. And, you know, I'm, I, I am honored that people would want to uh, feel they need to save my soul. Uh, wretched individual that I am, but the um, yeah, it's it's well, you have this issue with what um, Adam is doing, which is he, he's basically it's like what I would do in my twenties with religious people and uh, pull the <laughs> pull the science the uh, radical reductionism down to the nth degree when actually i didn't really know shit and um it's you're setting yourself up to be oppositional to people who have these are very very dearly held articles of faith and i would never ever i've learned my lesson go trampling on them um i used to like a like an obstinate asshole but um i i think adam is he's not gonna he's not gonna convert christians to 
something else. I don't know. I don't know. Atheism or uh, the the Greek pantheon. Um, and so um, I, I think uh, I, I don't want to do that. I, I'm I'm happy to fight with anyone and everyone who sees the uh, very imminent danger that we're in when when they're shouting at the UN that uh, your speech are uh, it's an act of war that they're going to uh, treat uh, very very aggressively I, I, I will stand with anyone who's uh, up for the good fight the, uh, the the side for humans and not the technocrats who are going to sit there um, divvying up resources amongst themselves while you get um, cockroach milk um, I'm not uh, I'm not fussy uh, with respect to who I'm fighting next to well, if he wants to pray five times a day uh, to Allah uh, so be it if uh, the Christian wants to find a quiet corner in which to contemplate and give some prayer to the Trinity um, it's no it's it I'm I'm happy for the uh the the rich tapestry of life. It'd be really boring were we all the same. Now, would I like all the uh Mohammedans to be uh in Mohammedan lands? Yes, I would. Um <laughs> most of them anyway. <laughs> Can have a few. But uh uh let's see um Operation Blackjack still in this sire coverse. I don't know what that means, Burgle. I don't know what that means. Um, Biden not going anywhere. If Cena Burgle says it, then uh, I believe it. Mm. Need uh, they're cooking dogs in Ireland. Yeah, I saw that man. <laughs> Oh, invite the third world, become the third world. And it's so, it's so tragic, right? You know, it's not a big place, Ireland. It was sort of hanging on the edge of uh, northwestern Europe. And, you know, it managed to maintain a degree of uh, homogeneity. And then, and then the stupid feckers went and joined the EU. And that opened up the doorway to the... Uh, the Zog, the Zog movement of the third world into areas where they shouldn't be, and then the uh, the friendly neighbourhood pooch who everyone doles out scraps to, finds himself skewered from uh, mouth to ass and being turned over a cut up oil drum and cooked uh, <laughs> like it. Like a, I don't know, what do they eat in Africa? Anything, right? It's protein. So, <laughs> let's see. Trinity equals Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, maybe. Look, uh, my thing is, I don't know scripture very well, or I, I am culturally Christian, right? I, I had to go, uh, I had to have assemblies at school. I had to go to church for some special occasions and um that was about my exposure to it and look the church of england is a very sort of tea and biscuits milk toast flop of a religion 
Um, there wasn't anything. Um, well, soul grabbing for me from it. But you know, I've gone around and experienced many countries and many cultures, and um, I, and I've learned that my impudence and immaturity when I was younger, when when I would um, try to. Uh, <laughs> I would just pick and pick at um, people who had religious faith. Um, <laughs> you know, prove this, prove that, yada, yada, yada. And um, I, I, it's not my area now. And look, for me, when, when, when did I really, really know that there was a God? When, I, when my daughter was born and she came out with her eyes open and she looked at me and I was like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Now I get what uh, life's about, and um, I I would I would nary deign to tell people whether they're right or wrong. I would just you know, if you're a Satan worshiping um, Abrahamovich type spirit cooker, I might have an issue with you. But when when people are, when people are taking uh, their cultural um, heritage and their their what they're inculcated in i can't it's who are you to say to them oh you should be doing it this way and that way etc and um if if people want to change face i think they should be able to now look i get it that in islamic countries should you change religion then you're co-religionists can um take it upon themselves to uh, how should we say uh, dispatch thee in a uh, medieval and gruesome a fashion as they please and uh, of course i'm not for that i want i want people to be able i want cognitive um freedom i want it um honed and trained um but uh, i don't want it to be falling out your ears because you've got dog shit for brains either and i would um i would say this for all those that have spent an inordinate amount of time doing scriptures etc um perhaps spend as much time doing science right now um it's probably going to serve you a little better uh in navigating what it is that we see and that's not to say that you should uh forego your faith in any m means whatsoever just to um get your reading time balanced out and maybe i should balance my reading time out and uh listen to uh some scripture i don't know uh, I, i'm not I, I ain't here to do that, right? I'm here to walk you through the science. I like the metaphysical discussions. I really, really do. I like it. it it's um, it's fascinating to me. But people's, um, uh, how should we say, overzealous reactions, either way, is um, problematic for me. We are on for Saturday, ten a.m. Japanese time. Oh. That's not very far away. Uh, uh, hang on. Eight hours away. Let's see. Praying to the old gods and the new just to cover all possibilities. <laughs> yeah, ain't no atheists in foxholes, right? Um, 
Do, 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 do. Can I be a good Christian and a Kuma at the same time? Serious question, says Briggs. Man, look, I, I know this. I, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but... Um, <laughs> look. Uh, this... Uh, so I'm just organising a stream for in the morning. And maybe maybe I'll just scrap today's stream. And we we can look at this gem... The Bean Lord 69 dropped in. Sorry, Simon, you're going to go hungry this week. I'm not going to do the science. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let me just see if I can get the link. Um, but, you know, I watched this 20-minute documentary about the, the founders of um, Christianity. And the... Uh, I didn't know all this, you know, I had an inkling. And of course we know, um, that the, uh, just, is this true? Like it, it has the, it has the ring of being true. And that's an unfortunate turn of phrase that I would use. We're getting into religious discussion. Say it's derailed everything now, Lick spells. Um, now, I don't know who Lady Babylon is. Um, <laughs> the title of this video is Sacred Sodomy Church Cover-Up Exposed. Now, look, I know some people are going to say, well, that's not my Christianity, etc. But, you know... <laughs> We kind of know that it does run very, very deep uh, within the, certainly the Catholic religion, which is the um, the OG Christian religion, or no doubt someone will take issue uh, about that with me. Um, but uh, from my understanding of history, um, the Roman Catholic Church is the one that sort of can trace its roots, roots back uh, the furthest. And... Um, if this is true, right, um, it should surely make you just sit back and think about what, what it is that you're um, praying to, maybe. I don't know. But this isn't my work. This isn't my work. But um, let's, let's have a, a listen to Sacred Sodomy. Church cover up exposed. Why am I doing this? Why I'm just get I'll just get a load of uh, emails and DMs. But I I I watched this when Discord was fucking up earlier, and literally I was aghast at what I saw. Sorry. The Child Rape Ritual Exposed Early Christian priests altered perceptions of sexuality in Roman culture by employing child rape as a means of reinforcing indoctrination. Ancient child abuse within the church was not the product of a few rogue pedophile priests. It was a deliberative, purposeful act meant to change Roman perspectives on sexual intercourse and religion. The Christian hierarchy. Now, uh, uh, look, look, I'm going to be as critical as possible. Um, 
the Greeks and the Romans were known for, uh, you know, <laughs> engaging in uh, a bit of bathhouse rampant homosexuality. Um, I think the issue here is the, uh, the, the spiritual connotation that I find most disturbing. Um, Use the sexual assault of minors as a means of transforming a society steeped in the veneration of female sexual allure and feminine spiritual and political authority. The Christian war on classical values redefined morality and enabled priests to use extremely brutal mechanisms for changing the way people thought about sex. All levels of the Christian hierarchy, including priests, exorcists, and even... Ah! It looked like fucking Klaus Schwab. Is that real? <laughs> All levels of the Christian hierarchy, including priests, exorcists... Ah! <laughs> <sighs> what is it? What's, what's the exorcist? I command. It's not command thee. What is it? What does he say to it? To the girl? And even bishops advocated and defended the use of ritual sodomy. It appears that the ritual was most prominent in the catechetical school of Alexandria and likely finds its origins there. It is also likely that the gospel writer Mark actually founded the catechetical school in Alexandria. Many church leaders, including Clement, Origen, and Jerome, were involved in its rigorous uh, Thank you, Arne. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> ...method of training new converts. Based on the writings of the early church fathers, including... Now, look, 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 Christians, Christians, there's something really odd about having little naked or semi-naked boys running around everywhere and emblazoned all over your walls and uh, fine, fine uh, decorative architecture. You know, <laughs> just... I get it was a different time, but, you know... I'm a bishops, priests... Yeah, look, there's, there's, there's a dude holding a little bambino. Oh. Intellectuals and even monks. It is possible to reconstruct much of the child sodomy ritual. Authors connected with the catechetical schools yield a wealth of evidence that reveals ritual abuse to be a consistent, brutal, and highly effective means of indoctrination. According to our ancient sources, if you were a Christian... They are cherubs, Keb. Yeah, look, man, if you're going to buy their cherubs and uh, you know that you're looking at a goddamn fucking pedo nest that's been doing this shit for fucking centuries... Pull the other one, please. ...priests living in the earliest era of the church. You knew what had to be done. Nothing was more merciful in the long run. Remove the masses of unfortunate orphan children from the streets a few at a time and prepare them for salvation. Starve them. Recite creeds to them with a steady, droning, persistent repetition and then gather them together into the secret chamber, a place that only priests were allowed to frequent, a place where the devil could be summoned, a place where a priest could forever purge them of their desire for sexual intimacy. It may be hard for a modern audience to understand, 
but in the early centuries of the common era, salvation was no joke. Original sin was a doctrine that non-Christians ignored and even mocked, but exorcist priests took it very seriously and were specially trained to root it out. Every good Christian knew that young boys, particularly orphan children without the protection of living parents, were susceptible to sexual impurity. <laughs> what does... Those innocent orphan kids, those... Uh... <laughs> the degenerate filth, we've got to grab them! Bring them down in the basement! We'll cure them! Something that would drag their souls directly to hell. The only way to purge this impulse, the only way to save their souls, was to force them to undergo a sacred ceremony, a mysterious initiation that would forever cleanse them of inappropriate sexual desire and deliver them to Christ. Fires of Temptation Contemporary Roman Christians knew of this ritual as applying, quote, the fires of temptation. It was a devastatingly difficult indoctrination meant to rescue the damned. It even required that a priest be on hand after its completion to fully debrief and counsel the shell-shocked initiates. This <laughs> yeah, you know, you can have a job sitting down for a week. You've been tormented in your mind. Your mind's shattered. As uh, adult adult freaks in uh, robes. Uh, <laughs> bum the fuck out of you for the Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Verity of Christian initiation disturbed the Romans, but in the eyes of the church hierarchy, desperate spiritual times called for desperate spiritual measures. Ritual exorcism is not difficult to comprehend. Its theology is as elegant as its rationale is unquestionable. In the mind of the Christian priest, the world is full of demons, and these demons have a peculiar effect. Look, ma'am, um, that bit I might agree with them on, literally. But the child sodomy? Mm, no, <laughs> sorry. Infinity for naive, spiritually pure, prepubertal boys. Tertullian wrote in Apologeticus about the belief that Christians possessed a fiery breath that was able to send demons out of the bodies of the possessed. He says that demons flee to the touch of Christians or their breath. This fits the historical context well when we consider that Cyril of Jerusalem, one of the greatest advocates of ritual sodomy, wrote in the Procatechesis and Mystagogical Catechism. Now, now, look, look, look! Don't get me wrong here, Christians, but uh, Cyril of Jerusalem, um, I'm presuming, would be uh, a rabbi, maybe. Um, 313 to 386. Is he a rabbi or is he uh, of the Christian faith? Difficult to tell from that picture, but uh, apparently, apparently a staunch advocate for taking those young bands off the street and uh, bending them over and giving them a piece. Catechesis about the process of breathing or blowing upon young, nude, oiled boys. Ah! What the fuck, man? What is this, Podesta's diary? Be earnest, he says, in submitting to the exorcisms. If you are blown upon and exorcised, the process brings you to salvation. 
I don't know. <sighs> the battle for the soul revolved around the sexual encounter of these youths, and the Christians thought it could be won if the young were given a chance to renounce the devil. In the face of direct, unavoidable... <laughs> Look, that devil's got like a three-pointed wiener. <laughs> temptation. What better way to give sexually inexperienced children the opportunity to embrace salvation than to summon Lucifer himself, let the devil offer the pains of temptation, and then let the young reject him and flee to Jesus. The reasoning of the exorcist priests who ended up sodomizing boys was really that simple. Post-ritual counseling was invaluable. After all, that's what Cyril, the Bishop of Jerusalem, had commanded of his exorcist priests. That's what Clement, the head of the catechetical school in Alexandria, required of his students. And church elders like Cyril and Clement were, after all, bearers of the divine commission. They were only a few generations removed from the master himself. Their authority was impeccable, and their dictates were obeyed because they were coming directly from God. Virgo, I get it was a different age, man, but um, there's, there's just something deeply tr troubling about wrapping your perceived spirituality and... Um, I don't know your connection to the numinous with um, poking young children in the dung box. <laughs> Sorry, it's just look, man. You, if, if there's if there's been historical crimes, uh, you might just want to um, you know give uh, credence to the fact that it did exist. Um, be very apologetic and maybe again think about what uh what you've got yourself involved in um monkey king says i'm suspicious whenever yeah man as soon as as soon as dudes want to hang around little kids um something ain't right sorry sorry little kids get looked after by the females they run most classes at schools as far as i'm concerned there can be a male pe teacher and that's about it um if you were a priest involved with catechesis you were expected to teach children that forced intercourse is only a sin if it is enjoyed the distinction between willful enjoyment of sodomy and forced enjoyment was critical to cyril <laughs> How the fuck did that debrief go? Um, man, the trauma these people must have inflicted. After all, according to Christian dogma, if shunned, any sort of sexual activity became a means of purification. That is, the job of the exorcist was to summon the devil, let the prince of darkness offer the temptation through you, and then let the child reject the act. The successful initiate. Why? Why did it have to be around fucking sodomy? Why? And they <laughs> there's some other human dimension that they could have chose 
in this instance. It, it just... Now, I know what's going to come. It'll be, well, that, that's not, those are not real Christians. Uh, that's when the Jews started to uh, infiltrate. <laughs> this, all, this all just smells of... Uh, the Jews. To me, I'm afraid. ...would be guaranteed salvation, and you, the priest, would be doing the work of Christ. The ritual purification by sodomy was carefully prescribed and executed. The catechetical schools insisted that the mystery remain consistent throughout the empire. According to the Bishop of Jerusalem, there must be an orthodox method of exorcism. This meant that exorcist priests were bound to follow the writings of bishops and to allow local authorities to determine who was worthy of assisting in such sacred duties. Saint Ambrose tells us that priests, elders, and bishops were all present. But most importantly, priests and initiates were forbidden from discussing the details of what happened during this sacred what mystery the fuck, on man. pain of eternal damnation. A ritual of abuse. Priests believed that only those who bore the onerous burden of summoning the devil himself and those who were successfully initiated could understand the value of ritual sexual abuse. All others should... <laughs> this place says, make your anal sacrifice to the Lord and you shall live forever. Not you'll probably get syphilis and go completely insane. Right. Um... <laughs> Look, man, the Catholic Church just, you know, it's got a, uh, its reputation precedes it. And it's the, it's the moral and ethical um, cudgel that they use, though, to, uh, yeah, let's bell. It's hell and damnation for you, and let's our priest get to uh, do you in the dirt box. Yeah, get back in those pews. Be excluded from knowledge of its specifics, wrote Cyril in pro catechesis. Quote: Make sure that you don't talk carelessly, not because what you were told isn't fair to talk about, but because the listener isn't fit to hear it. The church fathers were well aware that the pagans would eventually accuse priests of crimes if they ever learned all the particulars of the initiation, precisely because they had not been born again into the way, and their natural inclination was to defend the demons they worshipped. In short, pagans were considered to be of the spirit of Antichrist and not to be trusted with the secrets of initiations. Young boys taken from the streets of large urban centers were prepared over a period of weeks for their catechesis. Priests enforced a rigorous series of fasts and constant indoctrination. This reinforced repetition of Christian doctrine was the reason the process came to be known as catechesis. I mean, I've been there, visited it. As a t they wouldn't let me in. My shorts <laughs> didn't go down far enough. Um, so I wasn't able to see... Uh all of uh, Michelangelo's work. But, um, yeah, I, I hung around outside like a sop, just <laughs> looking at people, getting all emotional. I've even been to the, uh, what's it called? Oh, there's a church, um, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. I've been there and touched the stone where Jesus is supposed to be buried. Where there's, like, uh, Orthodox, Catholics, and... 
some other Christian group, Chaldeans maybe, something like that. They they all have a partition of the church and um, take uh, take responsibility for each each part. Um, like I said, I've I've been to these places. I've seen it, and uh, why am I not surprised that the, uh, the the priests the priests are secretly engaged in a bumming club down in the basement of the church which is just a Greek word for placing doctrine into the ears of novitiates. In Latin, catechesis is transliterated as indoctrination. After weeks of starvation and repetitive indoctrination, children deemed ready for the initiation ceremony. Kettle Olstad, that's the one with the ladder. It is indeed, yes, I've seen the ladder. ...were taken to an out-of-the-way chamber or location where they were sequestered from the general population of novitiates. In the first step of the process of initiation, priests removed all of the clothing of these boys. If the children showed any evidence of being ashamed to stand before a group of priests naked, Cyril commanded that they... What the fuck, man? What in the actual fuck? Look, someone tell me this is just a massive slur on uh, Christian uh, Christian roots. <laughs> I'm willing to listen. Seriously, I am. I don't want to believe this. They'd be reminded that Jesus was himself crucified without his clothing. They had no need of embarrassment to stand as Jesus stood naked before the world. In Cyril's own words from his mystagogical catechesis, as soon as you entered, you took off your tunic. Once you had taken it off, you were naked. What a wonderful thing. You were naked in the eyes of all and felt no shame. Then, once you had removed your clothes, you were anointed with exercised oil from the topmost hairs of your head to the lowest parts of your body. What the fuck? After disrobing the children, the priest blindfolded them and then explained that their actions were unnecessary. This literal fucking Epstein red room. Torture. Step in protecting the children from the gaze of the devil. Next, the priest rubbed the boys generously with a sacred oil. <laughs> sacred oil like the anointing oils also used by the christians no! drugs that would undoubtedly facilitate the process of exposing the children to the temptation offered by lucifer in short it would numb them to the burning fires of the devil following cyril's instructions priests applied the oil to the boys from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet it was an important priestly duty to ensure that the children were completely covered and that the holy oil was rubbed into the skin thoroughly. After all, it served as a barrier for their own protection. And once it was applied, the boys were forever consecrated to Christ. Cyril delights in this particular detail of the ritual and speaks about the necessity of rubbing the entire body <laughs> right. with oil. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did. Just uh, start at the top, yeah. Rub it in slowly. <laughs> what a way. Uh, a lot of people are going to hate me now.
naked, oiled children. Once the children were prepped in this manner and knelt in the hidden recesses of the church, naked, blindfolded, and covered with oil, the exorcist then proceeded to summon Jesus. the devil. Once Lucifer had been summoned, he made his presence known to the initiates. They heard his voice and became terribly afraid. The boys were then commanded to rebuke the devil while facing him. Then they were told to turn their back to him. <laughs> right. The possessed exorcist applied the fires of temptation. Cyril forbade this knowledge from becoming public, lest the pagan world misinterpret it and cause criminal trouble for priests. What we do know about the fires of temptation is that at least one Christian author reveals them as the act of sodomy. In other words, the prince of darkness, the author of the first temptation, while inhabiting the body of an exorcist, forced prepubescent boys to submit to anal intercourse. The devil was said to have done this in a violent manner, but the children were allowed to suffer the temptation forced on them by the possessed exorcist because this afforded them an opportunity to rebuke the pleasure of the sin and thus obtain salvation. The priests who were present during the application of the fires of temptation encouraged the children to flee the sexual advances of the devil and they were told that they should not enjoy the experience the priests helped the um i don't know you don't know why i'm so shocked I, this, this is the first time this evening that i've i've heard that the um the pederasty of the church rather than it being some sort of um perverse reflex to not being able to get married and have children etc projecting their um their deviancy uh, onto children um i had no idea that it was part of the um inculcation into the uh, the inner spiritual sanctum of christendom sorry this is new to me children to call upon the name of the Lord to see past the pain of temptation to the relief of salvation when the devil was present applying the sexual temptation the boys were told to rebuke him. Oh, that is uh, that is that church I went to I've been in that thing um... him in the name of Jesus they rebuked his acts of violence they rebuked his offer of carnal pleasure helping the children to renounce this forced sexual act allowed them to accept eternal salvation after the devil was rebuked he reportedly fled the scene and the priests witnessed the exorcist's exhausting release the children were then what the fuck? oh no 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 taken to a sacred bath where they were baptized and thus cleansed of any stain they emerged from the waters of cleansing to a new life then they were given white robes to cover their nakedness a symbol of the purity they gained from renouncing the devil these robes would have been made of the same material as the bandage that covered the naked boy who was with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane 
when he was arrested. <laughs> there was there was a naked boy in the garden with Jesus. Oh man, I don't know what logic pretzels you've got to turn to. What the f After this ceremony, the boys were returned to the priests involved in their initiation in order to purge themselves of any violent memories of the fires of temptation. The priests then repeated their instructions that the details of their initiations were to remain a mystery, telling others... That's right, young man. You don't go around telling anyone that we've been digging you in the dirt box. It's a holy secret. You'll burn in hell. ...about their experience was a sin. The boys were reminded that hell awaits those who are disobedient. Finally. Yeah, lit lit literally the threat of uh, hell and damnation for saying that a pederast has blasted you in the rectum. Holy shit. I mean, look, I get, I get it. There were different times, you know. Different past is a different country etc but when when it's wrapped up in this metaphysical jargon i guess and is used to um break break a child there's there's something deeply wrong there and again you you might be of a different um sect of christianity i guess um but i i, I would just see it falling into the the uh, those it's those roman catholics uh that's protestants never do such a thing and if they did uh well you know no true scotsman and all that <laughs> i say um I I was um I had no idea <laughs> that it was so ritualized and uh central to the uh propagation of the faith. Um it's going to get worse if they get their way teaching weird stuff, sick stuff in schools. Parents really need to watch everything. Yeah, yeah, and it just it just makes you wonder uh, again how much these institutions have been subverted, how much that they've managed to infiltrate into the institutions their little initiates that are um have been subject to mind and body rape to uh to make them loyal foot soldiers and um it's it's disturbing to me um and you know i i think there are many ways to to find God, um, I don't think it's incumbent upon reading one book that literally has this behaviour baked into it at its very beginning. Um, I'm <laughs> just calling me a little sceptical on that one. <laughs> Look at the shit that happens. Um, society just marches on yeah man i get it i get it i really do um but 
I don't know. There's just something. There's something about uh, institutes that that claim to be this intercessor for you to God, and you know it says if there's any wisdom that was that I took from the Bible, which was um, when you when you want to talk to God, go to. A, a room a closet and go by yourself no need to make it ostentatious no need to uh <laughs> no need to uh bugger little boys um that was my understanding and I, i've been disabused of the um the notion that that these people had the best interests of children um to hand I, I really do. Um, all right, uh, let's see. <laughs> My viewership will drop 50%. <laughs> and uh, what can I say? Um, poor, uh, poor Simon's going hungry. <laughs> Oh, playing content like that. Well, you know, let's step it up a gear, shall we? And uh, get to... Uh, get to some wog-roid-fisted orgasm. How Canada's covered itself, accumed itself in glory this week. Uh, we have this from uh, Turdo. Canadians know this is a question of right or wrong. Canadians know that, yes, it is incredibly hard for Ukraine to continue to stand against a Russian aggression. And let's be honest, it's hard for the democracies around the world who are there to support their citizens, who are investing for the future, who are challenged with a challenging economy around the uh, Those are the eyes of uh, a psychopath, someone who's been taken down into the inner sanctum and inducted into the precious halls around the world to continue to step up as Canada has with close to nine billion dollars in aid for Ukraine but we will because the cost on Canadians on our lives on our world will be so much greater if Putin wins this war that we will and have to stand every single day until Ukraine wins this war you have all mine Führer Yavol. Um <sighs> It's in there are uh, uh I, I don't know, Burgle, I I've I might have just um I've about maxed out on uh, Christian pedo behaviors. <laughs> Do I want it? How long is it? No, too long. <laughs> no. No, I'll, I'll look at it later. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, the erudite uh, Nick Griffin um, calling out the similarities between 
uh, Trudeau and uh, Uncle Aldolfio and the calls for total war. <laughs> like, like there was, like Russia was causing any real problems. <laughs> you know, they were trading nicely and you know opening up borders. They'd sort of come around from uh, <laughs> the Bolshevism. The they were doing just fine, and then, uh, and then this. Um, Justin Castro is a dipshit. Um, yeah, uh, is that who's? Are you putting in the asterisks, or is that uh, Twitch doing it? Um, but yeah, there's there's been loads of this. Uh, ramping up of rhetoric by the Zog war machine as they tip. Uh, they just, I guess it's playing with the minds of the, uh, the, I don't want to say adult. It, it's the, it, it's the, it's the core of population that are just in a state of learned helplessness. They know it, and they know that they can go, and they've got the the organs of state apparatus to push their propaganda for more war. You brought us to your hometown of Hiroshima, the place where you have your roots, and which has deeply shaped your life. <laughs> It just, um, I hadn't noticed before, but it's literally Atlantic Council behind her head. Wow. <laughs> we have to fucking nuke these think tanks, man. Root them out. And leadership. Many of your relatives lost their life when the atomic bomb raised Hiroshima to the ground. You have grown up with the stories of the survivors and you wanted us to listen to the same stories, to face the past and learn something about the future. It was a sobering start to the G7 and one that I will not forget, especially at a time when Russia threatens to use nuclear weapons once again. <laughs> so, uh, chief technocrat and architect of one of the most absurd COVID responses, whose husband literally was making bank from the whole affair, is now standing in Japan with the Atlantic Council logo behind her house and with a subtle twist in the language implies that it was Russia that dropped nuclear weapons onto the Japanese. Holy fucking shit, man. I, I keep saying I don't know how far, how weird the reality engine can get, but we just keep reaching more peak levels of absurdity. And you're watching these um, puppets basically go round with coordinated messaging and the more they do it the more i'm just inclined to lean russia's way on this one 
sorry. <laughs> I say, I don't want to go live in Russia. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with them. I might buy the odd bottle. I used to buy the odd bottle of uh, vodka. But, uh, you know, those boys uh, being blown to bits right now um, at the behest of these reptiles turns my fucking stomach. And it should turn your fucking stomach too because they will be coming for your children. If they can't sodomize them, they'll blow them to pieces. It is heinous. It is dangerous. And in the shadow of Hiroshima, it is unforgivable. <laughs> wow. Um... I'm lost for words at this point. It's, it's not like the uh, the Japanese don't know who did it. You know, there's some uh, deep emotional trauma that runs through the Japanese because of the war. They still haven't gotten over it. Um, but to go, but to rock up in their city in Hiroshima, a place I was not so long ago with uh, Commander Rixi, and and be implying, implying that the russians did it and are about to do it again that is some top tier fucking trolling man wow wow they must think you've got cunt tattooed on your forehead lick spittle kev do i have a link to that other video what the 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 rape of boys young boys that one why would you want that you watched it i'm not giving it out <laughs> there it is it's called sacred sodomy church cover-up exposed um <laughs> all right let's get past vandalin however you pronounce the name and uh of course uh we had this gem this week uh <laughs> When America arms Ukraine, we get a lot for a little. Putin is an enemy of America. We've used 5% of our defense budget to arm Ukraine, and with it, they've destroyed 50% of Putin's army. We've done uh, I might beg to differ about that 50% number, but, uh, you know, carry on. on. All this by sending weapons from storage, not our troops. The more Ukraine weakens Russia, the more it also weakens Russia's closest ally, China. America needs to stand strong against our enemies. That's why Republicans in Congress must continue to support Ukraine. What the fuck, man? What's going on, America? Everywhere around. I'm surrounded by madness. Wow. Um... Please, Lord, let the smiting commence. And um, as a uh, but a bitch, um, some actual reality uh, sinking in. Um, so Western armor isn't cutting it. Uh, it's a title. Western armor isn't working in Ukraine because it wasn't designed for a conflict of this intensity, Ukrainian analyst says. Uh, Taras Chmut said Western-made tanks weren't designed for an all-out war of this intensity. Well, they were supposed to be. 
<laughs> they're getting trialed run now and uh, shown up for what they are. Um, trundling coffins for the poor saps that get pulled into them at the behest of uh, Republicans for Ukraine. Western allies should instead ramp up deliveries of simple and cheaper systems, he said. Western-made armour is failing in Ukraine because it wasn't designed. Yeah, we did that. A military analyst who's head of the Comeback Alive Foundation, which has raised money to purchase and provide arms and equipment to Ukraine, said that a lot of Western armour doesn't work here because it had been created not for an all-out war, but for conflicts of low or medium intensity. Now, I can assure you that the uh, leopards and the challengers and soon to be burning M1 Abrams, they were meant for, they were Cold War designs and iterated upon and um, that was precisely their job. He goes on to say, if you throw it into a mass offensive, it just doesn't perform. Chmut went on to say Ukraine's Western allies should instead turn their attention to delivering simpler and cheaper systems, but in large quantities, something Ukraine has repeatedly requested, the newspaper reported. Despite Schmidt's comments, some advanced Western systems Ukraine has received were conceived with the highest intensity combat in mind, NATO going head-to-head -head with Soviet forces. The US-made Bradley infantry fighting vehicle and the Abrams main battle tanks were built specifically to counter Soviet ground forces. But like other armoured systems, they are susceptible to artillery and mines, both of which have proven fearsome challenges as Ukraine presses against Russian defensive networks. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Less than 5% of tanks destroyed since the start of the war have been taken out by other tanks, Ukrainian officials said in the journal report, with the rest falling to mines, artillery, anti-tank missiles and drones. This means the relative sophistication of a tank is no longer as important, paper says. Major General Christian Freuding, Germany's Director of Planning and Command Staff, said Western military strategists had not yet accepted that quantity trumps quality. You need numbers, you need force numbers. In the West, we have reduced our military, military, we have reduced our stocks, but quantity matters, mass matters, he told the journal. Even so, Ukraine continues to ask for more sophisticated tanks and military equipment from its allies. Um, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky has repeatedly criti criticised Western allies for delays in the delivery of weapons, saying earlier this month that slower shipments were hurting Ukraine's chances of success in its ongoing counteroffensive. And it's a counteroffensive that hasn't gotten any meaningful traction. Everything that I've seen over the summer is Russia holding the lines. It's it's been painful for the Russians too. It's it's not um, you know build up a, a fantasy image here. Um, they're losing young men too, um, not at the rate that the Ukrainians are, but they're playing a very cagey game, and you know they're defending. And then when an area is untenable for defence because everything's just been flattened, they're pulling back. Um, and the Ukrainians are just stepping in and, and getting mowed down. And we've seen them with their much-hailed um, German and British armour and American fighting vehicles at, at the beginning of the summer, and now they're literally resorting to little um, groups of six to 12 men 
trying to uh, waddle their way through minefields for a gunfight with uh, artillery and drone coming down on them. Um, it's sick. It's sick that we would, um, as a, well, I say civilization, Western civilization, would be thinking and countenancing the idea that this was in any way beneficial. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. America needs to control Russian fossil fuels. Um, yeah, that may be as basic a reason as they need. Um, uh, <laughs> so this week... <laughs> Ukraine, uh, in response to the issue they're having with drones, obviously their air defense has been degraded and those what sound like, uh, um, not doodle bugs, but, uh, I guess, but uh, the, the 21st century equivalent of, uh, of what a doodle bug was. At least, at least back then they had sort of, jet engines and stuff but um i guess cheap propeller systems are easier to churn out and the, the ukrainians offered to take out factories in where was it iran syria and the russian federation so basically asking for long-range strike weapons from nato which can be nuclear tipped and then using them in this conflict that would be such a massive escalation. The Russians would have no choice but to um, <laughs> what they're gonna they're gonna absorb the hit. Knowing who knows what's on that tomahawk. The fuck, man. We're gonna hand over some Minutemen's and uh, <laughs> say how how about it. Good. Go on, Ukrainians. Get that tranny to push the button. <laughs> Reality begins to bite. Um, I'm just showing the Times article. It's a paid article, but RT have done a report on it as well. Russian defences stronger than expected, UK military chief says. Um, imagine my shock. Uh, woke bureaucrats who have just grown... Well, I say metaphorically fat on the teat of the state, uh, being subject to a dose of reality. A country that has a fearsome reputation when it comes to being able to handle themselves on battlefields. Um, <laughs> the British war planners are suddenly suddenly finding out that uh, challenges burn too. I hope it all just fucking implodes for them real quick. I really do. And I, like I said, the um, the attitude that I'm seeing, as we've just saw from, you know, what is essentially our um, spokespersons for the world, whether you're European or Canadian in this instance, we've heard plenty from the US, of course, as they're sitting there and demanding more war 
Um, <laughs> literally, their equipment can't cut it. <sighs> Unbelievable. I, it, it, it's, like, it's like being in uh, Catch-22. Oh, who wrote that? Hella, something Hella. Um, the insanity of war. All right, let's uh, let's leave uh, the roid-fisted uh, zog wargasm. I've got to touch on this, which is uh, the visit of Fauci to the CIA headquarters. Touched on it a little bit already when I was talking with. Um, Spartacus, but there's a part of this I think that we need to pay attention to, especially in the context of the Zog wargasm flop that we've just been witness to. What the heck was Anthony Fauci doing at the CIA at the height of COVID? Well, in a letter to the HHS Inspector General, Congressman Brad Wenstrup says that information is suggesting that Fauci was escorted into the agency's headquarters without a record of entry and then participated in the analysis to influence the agency's review of the origins of COVID. Well, this comes right after a CIA whistleblower told Congress that researchers were offered money to try to influence their theories about the origins of COVID. Joining me now is Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton of the Intel Committee. Senator, I know people just want to say, oh, we got to get over COVID. We got to, uh, well, no. He looks like fucking Forrest Gump, man. No, no, no. What about this secret meeting um, of Fauci's? What was going on there? Well, this is a very serious allegation. Good for Brad Winstrup for uncovering the whistleblower who made these allegations, and I hope that he gets the information he needs. Uh, I think it would be a scandal of major proportions if you had Tony Fauci trying to cover for his friends at the Wuhan lab and influence the quality of the Central Intelligence Agency's assessments. Now, I, I can say as a member of the Intelligence Committee, I never saw any intelligence one way or the other, but I didn't think you really needed intelligence at the time in February and March of 2020 to see with common sense that this virus almost certainly came from a lab for which China has still not been held responsible. That's why. And it's at that point that I, I feel that there's, I can see that which way the winds are blowing and, you know, eventually as the, uh, the fig leaf falls off and the, um, U.S. institutions, the global institutions, will go to uh, extraordinary lengths to cover up their culpability. The fact that they didn't speak out at the time to try to, you know, lend weight to the fact that these um, lab pathogens were being studied. There, there was a massive um, biowarfare, medical countermeasures industry, and in order to cover up their shame, the the route, the only route they have left is more war and bigger war. And what bigger war to have than to get it on with China? And it's, it just seems a little one-dimensional what Senator Cotton is saying here from my perspective. It's just me. But um, I, I, 
have a bad feeling about this. It still matters because we need to hold China responsible for unleashing this plague on the world. Well, Anthony Fauci was seemingly hell-bent on stopping that theory from gaining traction. We know that for a fact with the emails even redacted that were released, Senator. But what really is going on here? I mean, how involved was the United States through the funding of the EcoHealth Alliance to the Wuhan lab with what may have turned into this out of control experiment looking for a vaccine or perhaps for uh, you know China's side uh, weapon research that could have ended up killing a lot. Um, and US weapons research, they're all culpable right now. And all of them, you know, the, the just thing to do would be to pay um, reparations to us, the public that were subject to the fuck ups that they, <laughs> they were involved in the gaslighting that they did the <laughs> the chance to flex their bureaucratic muscles a lot of people i mean it doesn't look good no it certainly doesn't lauren as you say tony fauci was partly responsible for tax dollars going to this lab contrary to even Barack Obama's guidance. Um, and it continued after Donald Trump became president because Tony Fauci wanted to maintain his relationships. He wanted to keep the spigot of money flowing. We need to get to the bottom of exactly what his relationship was with China. And as Brad Winthrop has said, what he may have been doing to try to influence the quality of intelligence assessments about that lab. Well, he, I guess he has, what, a net worth now of $11 million. That's pretty... Pretty nice pocket change for someone who was in the federal government all those years. Yeah, not a bad nest egg for a federal bureaucrat. And what could I see happening here? So, of course, Fro Fauci and the the scientists that were involved in uh, spinning uh, the yarn that this was a completely natural phenomenon, etc. With this is the week that Barrack put out another paper where essentially he reconstructed and made a live virus of the pangolin um, sequence and then started infecting uh, humanized mice. Um, they'll do that and then turn their attention to China and say, um, well, a, 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 any excuse for to flex that military muscle and um, denude population and you know the the fast pace of change of a wartime environment and economy will have people forgetting very very quickly how we got here and we mustn't forget how we got here and i think the wars in ukraine were linked to all this i think that was a play to try to uh, again kick the can down the road and you know it's Maybe it's possible that they viewed our higher ups viewed the emergence of SARS as a bioweapons release and uh, the the gears of war began to mesh anyway. I don't know um, in this instance. Again, all you can do is try to uh, analyze as much data as possible. Try to make sure that you don't get caught out by the, what should we say, 
welcome. Yeah, it's 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 the Zog bloodlust. Um, let's see. Read some comments here. Mm, remember, this is a two-edged sword. West is not built. They need a bit more time. China is aware of this. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, cry havoc, unleash the dogs of war, and um, see see who scrambles out the other side. And I would just say this: make sure you get through to the other side. And the simple fact is, not all of us will. Um, it's probably Japan uh, isn't going to be a good place to be uh, in eighteen months' time. Who knows? I'm. I wish I had better answers for you, folks. I really do. All right, uh, let's see. We're getting to the science papers now. So it's a short paper, so I don't think I think I can get through it in time. So uh, published or out two days ago, duration of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine persistence and factors associated with cardiac involvement in recently vaccinated patients. Now, um, well, I'll, I'll just begin the paper and then we'll go through the commentary. So, the abstract at the start of COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna mRNA vaccines were accidentally designed and mass-produced. Both vaccines produce the full-length SARS-CoV-2 spike protein for gain of immunity and have greatly reduced mortality and morbidity from SARS-CoV-2 infection. Well, you know... There's a lot of caveats that go with that. The protection seems transient. You have to keep boosting. What's the risk of boosting when you're getting exposed to these lipid nanoparticles and the toxic expression products? Is it is it a broad public health measure that should be taken that's targeted to our, our youngest? Should we be sticking six months old with um, these gene transfection technologies? I um, certainly think that that's a terrible idea. Um, and again, you know, it's it's not a thing here. It's, it's something in the U.S. It seems to be a U.S. problem. In fact, I don't think I don't even think it's so much a European problem now as they they have restricted access and it's not being dished out to the young uh, here we developed specific rtqpcr based assays to detect each mrna vaccine and screened lymph nodes liver spleen and myocardium from recently vaccinated deceased patients vaccine was detected in the axillary lymph nodes in the majority of patients dying within 30 days of vaccination, but not in patients dying more than 30 days from vaccination. Vaccine was not detected in the mediastinal lymph nodes, spleen, or liver. Vaccine was detected in the myocardium in a subset of patients vaccinated within 30 days of death. Cardiac ventricles in which vaccine was detected had healing myocardial injury at the time of vaccination and had more myocardial macrophages than the cardiac ventricles in which vaccine was not detected. These results suggest that 
SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines routinely persist for up to 30 days from vaccination and can be detected in the heart. Now, this is a lot of what those who have been opposed to this type of intervention have been pointing out for a long time. There's plenty of literature to back it up. And the simple fact is um, they're finding it in one of the most critical, <laughs> the most critical organ you have, your heart. Well, I don't know. It's this. <laughs> How do, you, how do you rank organ systems, man? Take away. There, there's not many you can't do without. You maybe lose a kidney, but not much else. Uh, right. Uh, let's see. At the start of COVID-19 pandemic, SARS-CoV-2 vaccines were expediently designed and mass-produced with 12 billion shots administered worldwide by July 2022. In the first year after becoming available, it's estimated that SARS-CoV-2 vaccines prevented 20 million deaths worldwide. Well, as we're looking at 20 million lost souls right now, um, I'm inclined to disbelieve that number. Because that would double it, right? 40 million people dead in two years, essentially. Two and a half. And those are, those are World War II figures. More. More than World War II. Two of the most commonly utilised vaccines, BioNTech and Moderna, which enable production of full-length SARS-CoV-2 spike protein for gain of immunity. Both of these vaccines require a lipid nanoparticle for transport. Endosomal mediated disintegration releases the vaccine mRNA from the LMP for translation by the ribosomes. The two vaccines differ in the composition of the lipids comprising the LMPs. The undesired immunostimulator response to synthetic mRNA was reduced by substitution of the uridine group's 1-methyl-free pseudouridine. The Pfizer and Moderna mRNA sequences differ from the original SARS-CoV-2 strain with a sequence identity of 72% and 69% respectively, and that's because of the codon optimization that they've done to make it such that um, it would be more... Uh, Spittable uh, to human ribosomes, basically. Um, easier to read, I guess. Uh, do, 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 do. So what are we looking at here? They've... Um, I guess this is... Patient 1, axillary lymph node. Patient 8 right ventricle and then we're looking at where the cycle counts go up um i wonder why they've just that's that's templates that's control so patient one axillary lymph node patient eight right ventricle patient 14 axillary lymph node COVID-19 control patient to left ventricle. Anyway, the, it, it's just an RT, uh, quantitative PCR. Okay, so 
Moderna and Pfizer vaccines have been found to be both relatively safe and effective at preventing severe infection. Serious adverse complications due to these vaccines are uncommon and may include anaphylactic reactions, myocarditis, pericarditis, myocardial infarction, cerebral sinus thrombosis, stroke, pulmonary embolism, neuropathies, autoimmune hepatitis. Um, all, all essentially life-ending reactions. It's been suggested that an understanding of the biodistribution and persistence of the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines may be critical for gaining insight into some of the rare complications of these vaccines. The biodistribution and time course of persistence of BN2, of Pfizer and Moderna in humans are not well understood. Oh, imagine my shock. amount of times uh, I was uh, kicked off Twitter for pointing out that particular fact and uh, the the true believers were well what can I say believers where was I in preclinical studies in rats, a radio-labeled LMP mRNA construct simulating Pfizer was detected in most tissues initially, but accumulated primarily at site of injection and in the liver 48 hours after injection. A critical point there is um, it was detected in all tissues initially and then is washed out and going to the liver in that test platform. Doesn't tell you much about humans, but it should be of concern that a novel technology like this has the ability to penetrate each tissue and organ system. And who knows what expression products are happening or being expressed. Uh, in the same report, using a luciferase modified LMP mRNA construct simulating Pfizer in mice, protein expression was detected up to nine days at the injection site, but was not detectable by 48 hours in the liver. In similar preclinical studies in rats, a LMP mRNA construct simulating mRNA 1273 was found to widely distribute to most organs during the first 24 hours, but after which primarily localized to the injection site. Proximal and distal lymph nodes and spleen with half-lives at these sites ranging from 15 to 63 hours. The mRNA construct simulating mRNA-1273 was not detected in other tissues beyond three days from injection in this animal model. And the first thing that should just pop into your mind as we know that the, um, the data for this study is that they found it in the heart at 30 days. It means that the animal models were not appropriate. Where are the primate studies? You don't you don't just rely on a couple of a couple of rodents to decide uh, mass vaccination policies with gene gene editing tools. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Something has gone very very wrong, man. I don't know how I woke up on this timeline. 
There have been very few studies assessing the biodistribution and persistence of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines in humans. Using human axillary lymph nodes, biopsies, spike protein and vaccine mRNA were reported to persist up to 60 days from vaccination with either Pfizer or Moderna as detected by immunohistochemistry and in situ hybridization. In that study, spike protein was also detected in the plasma up to seven days from vaccination. Pfizer mRNA was detected in patients by PCR in circulating leukocytes up to six days from vaccination and in the plasma up to 15 days from vaccination. Using highly sensitive single molecule array assays, spike protein derived from mRNA-1273 was detected in the plasma of patients up to 28 days from the most recent vaccination. Circulating exosomes containing spike protein derived Pfizer were detected in patients four months after vaccination. Now, let us just have a refresher of why that's important. Reactivated endogenous retroviruses promote protein aggregate spreading. In this study, they were able to take exosomes basically with um, spike protein. And I want to say it was, there was another uh, virus that they used. Um, and they were able to um, catalyze prion-like cascades, basically. And also in this study as well, um, same thing, this sort of crossover studies. And the... Um, well, I want to get to herbs. There's a review that I want to read. Um, this one. Um, Endogenous retrovirus as modulators of innate immunity. It's a long paper, and so I'm going to have to um, dedicate quite some time to it. But it, it, at first glance, it seems to fit with my premise that there is uh, these ancient um, viral codes have been co-opted by the um, organism in which they reside to um, augment immune responses. But in the context of that, going back to this paper, um, when those herbs get activated, that's what causes the prion cascades, which is troublesome at the moment. We're still trying to figure out what that means. Anyway, back to the heart. But um, I think it well established in the medical and scientific literature that the sales pitch was wrong. It doesn't just go into the arm. It doesn't stay in the arm. It, it goes all around the body. Essentially, it could land anywhere and start causing uh, expression of spike protein and who knows what that leads to and well we're going to see what this leads to in this there's some interesting caveats in this paper okay so to gain a better understanding of the biodistribution and persistence of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines human tissues from autopsies from patients dying after vaccination were assessed for the presence of vaccine by RT-QPCR the tissue analyzed included not only proximal and distal lymph nodes but also heart liver and spleen Pathological features associated with vaccine persistence in the heart were identified. 
an understanding of the stability of these vaccines in human tissues in combination with patient conditions that contribute to vaccine persistence is important not only for ongoing SARS-CoV-2 vaccinations but for future mRNA vaccine development. Okay, tissues were obtained at autopsy from 20 post-vaccinated patients and five non-vaccinated control patients. The patient characteristics are shown in supplementary table one. I'm not clicking it. There were no significant difference between the vaccinated and non-vaccinated groups. None of the vaccinated patients was the cause of death linked to the vaccine. Seven of the vaccinated patients had received uh, uh, Pfizer and uh, sorry Moderna, and thirteen had received Pfizer. Six of the vaccinated patients received only one vaccine injection. Twelve patients received two injections, and two patients received three injections. The intervals between vaccine injections, yeah, well, could have just. Uh, given us a mean. Uh, let's see, detection of Pfizer and Moderna in human tissues. In the bilateral axillary lymph node samples, vaccine was detected into 33% of the six available samples from patients vaccinated with Moderna and in six of the 13 patients vaccinated with Pfizer. Overall, for both vaccines, vaccine was detected in eight of the 11 available axillary lymph node samples from 12 patients dying within 30 days of vaccination compared with no detection of vaccine in any of the axillary lymph nodes. But samples from the eight patients dying after 30 days from vaccination. For none of the patients was vaccine detected in the liver, spleen or mediastinal lymph nodes. Now, again, it's just showing how wretched the animal model was that they used uh, in their rush to get out this um, this product. Again, um, I'm uh, I'm going to sit on the hypothesis that it it was part of the weapon system. Right now, until we can dismantle that hypothesis, move it off the table with actual scientific data and not just assertion, then. Biowarfare it is, and it's the paradigm with which I'm going to look at every bit of data. Um, uh, oh, say... Uh, Thank you to uh, Brubaker, um, let me see, uh, for the dono, much, much appreciated. My Brubaker key working. When they kick at your front door, how you gonna come? Put your hands on your head, on the trigger of your gun. Boom. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Brubaker Arms Manufacturing, um, keeping that bleak, <laughs> fed with hamburgers. Right. Um, where were we? For the 20 cardiac left ventricle and cardiac right ventricle samples, vaccine was detected in two samples of left ventricle and two samples of right ventricle from a total of three patients. All three of these patients have been vaccinated with Pfizer within 30 days of death. All samples positive for vaccine were validated for sequences outside of double-stranded DNA control sequence. 
Since SARS-CoV-2 can involve tissues throughout the body, including the heart, in the setting of severe respiratory tract infection, as a further control, all tissue samples with detectable vaccine mRNA were screened for SARS-CoV-2 virus e gene and were found to be negative for the virus. So, um, what's there is a consequence of the jab. Um, vaccine was not detected by our uh, PCR in any of the tissues from the five non-vaccinated control patients. I imagine that. Immunohistochemistry for the spike protein in axillary lymph nodes, left ventricle, right ventricle and liver performed on all 20 vaccinated patients showed only non-specific staining data not shown. Now, in a way, that's kind of uh, good news for people. What they're detecting, I'm guessing, is mRNA residue, perhaps, um, if they're not finding. It's, it's not gone into the heart tissue and began the, um, the process of transfection, the reading of the genetic material, and the expression of the spike protein. Okay, that, That's what they're saying. Now that kind of flies in the face of other data which we've looked at where they've found um, spike protein circulating for 60 days say or four months uh, with uh, in exosomes so somewhere is acting as a persistent source and uh, what do we have here days from last dose mm. Mm -mm. Mm. what would be ALN axial lymph node left ventricle, right ventricle whatever that mini plastial lymph node liver, spleen and you know I guess it's each patient yes the days minus 10 days no case number, days from last dose. Okay. So just two days in this instance, and it's strongly in the heart, up to 12 days, 19 days. Um, I wonder where they got the 30-day figure from. I guess maybe they're talking about lymph nodes. All right, so mRNA vaccine in the heart is associated with myocardial injury. Now, there's some counterintuitive data in this section, I think. To gain insight into why some of the patients dying within 30 days of vaccination had detectable vaccine in the heart, the three patients with vaccine in the heart were compared with the nine patients dying within 30 days of vaccination without vaccine in the heart. There was no significant difference in age, sex, body mass index, time since vaccination, or basic cardiac risk factors. While all three of the patients with vaccine in the heart had received Pfizer, this was not statistically significant. Well, such small numbers. Upon evaluating the histological slides, none of the patients had myocarditis. However, all three, 100% of the patients with vaccine in the heart, had healing myocardial injury, which initiated before or at the time of the most recent vaccine injection, compared with only 2-22% of the nine patients without vaccine in the heart. 
considering the specific location of the myocardial injury, left ventricle versus right ventricle, in these patients, vaccine was detected in four of seven ventricles with myocardial injury at the time of vaccination compared with none of 17 ventricles without myocardial injury at the time of vaccination. Healing myocardial injury is associated with macrophage infiltration of the myocardium. Those patients with vaccine in the heart had more macrophages in the myocardium than those patients dying within 30 days of vaccination without vaccine in the heart. And here we get to the figures and basically left ventricle, right ventricle, vaccine PCR positive. You can see, can I zoom in? Got the chat over it, right? But um, that sort of white, whitish area is the um, injury to the cardiomyocytes. And below that is immunohistochemical staining or uh, what did they say, monocytes. Um, assessment of the myocardial injury in patients with vaccine in the heart. Vaccine was detected in the heart in three patients, all of whom had healing myocardial injury. None of these patients showed features of pulmonary thromboembolism or myocardial microthrombotic disease. In patient 7, vaccine was detected in the left ventricle. In this patient, there was myocardial injury in both left and right ventricles, 3 to 4 weeks old, at the time of autopsy, occurring well before the initial vaccine injection, 12 days before death. This patient had only moderate coronary artery atherosclerosis and died from an intracranial bleed in the setting of lung cancer. In this patient, the myocardial injury was most likely due to systemic hypoxemia. In patient 8, vaccine was detected in right ventricle. This patient had multiple areas of healing myocardial injury in the right ventricle dating from 3 to 5 days prior to death to 2 to 3 weeks prior to death overlapping the time of the second vaccine injection, 19 days prior to death. This patient also had only moderate coronary artery, artery atherosclerosis at autopsy. The lungs displayed pulmonary edema. This patient had a history of heart failure and died from non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. The right ventricular myocardial injury in this patient was most likely related to right ventic ventricular strain in the setting of heart failure. In patient 10, vaccine was detected in both ventricles, and this patient had healing myocardial injury, dating 3-4 to four weeks in age in both ventricles. The myocardial injury occurred well before the second vaccine injection, two days prior to death. The timing of the first vaccine injection is not known. This patient died from severe coronary artery disease, and myocardial injury at autopsy was most likely related to the coronary artery disease. Well, you know, I might take issue with that statement. Um, but the summary of that section is they're saying that there was injury already in the heart and because there was injury, for some reason, that RNA, the mRNA, was translocated there. And they'll go on to say that... Um, Well, they'll go on to say that it's probably due to um, the monocytes picking up um, mRNA 
from the plasma and there it's a sort of um artifact that it just ended up in the heart um uh, i might have questions about how certain they could be with respect to the um age of the injuries in in these particular patient cohorts again it's a small number it's a small data set what we can say though is mrna can find its way to the heart and if it can find its way to the heart then all manner of possibilities um open up and i want to as i wanted to focus on cardiac issues a little bit um i'm going to um skip the conclusions because it's I, I've, I've just explained them right the, the monocytes are responding to old injury and they just happen to have um rna on board as part of the i guess cleaning up process uh, the immune response to the vaccine and yeah, just ended up in the heart so um it's it's not the knockdown paper that those who are against the vaccines would hope it would be, but it still it's still counter to what officialdom told a naive public. So um, I wanted to look at where's that? Um, I had a PDF, a study that was this one. This is an interesting paper, by the way. Um, I'm not going to spend much time on it, but large uh, cohort from Singapore. And basically, they say that um, there is slight protection with vaccines at the population level. Um, but it's not what I want to go into. We've done this one, persistence for up to two years. this paper um now pet imaging is turning out to be very very useful um we had hmm? oh i did have it there it is look ah um, but we had the this paper, uh, which was interesting, which showed that there were reservoirs of virus up to two years 
um, post-exposure. Which, you know, it gives us some rational basis for some of the longer-term effects that we see. But this paper, Assessment of Myocardial 18F FDG Uptake at PET-CT in Asymptomatic SARS-CoV-2 Vaccinated and Non-Vaccinated Patients. And um, I believe I can, we can compress it to just reading the abstract. Um, so patients who develop myocarditis following SARS-CoV-2 vaccination show abnormalities on cardiac MRI. However, whether myocardial changes occur in asymptomatic individuals following vaccination is not well established. To assess myocardial 18-FDG uptake on PET-CT in asymptomatic SARS-CoV-2 vaccinated patients compared to non-vaccinated patients. This retrospective study included patients who underwent uh, 18-FDG PET for indications unrelated to myocarditis during the period from 11-1-2020 to 16-2021 and after 2-17 uh, made an error there uh, 2021 I guess to 3-31-2022 SARS-CoV-2 vaccines were available myocardial and axillary FDG uptake were quantitatively assessed using maximum standardized uptake values SUV max values in all patients and inpatients stratified by sex male female yada yada and time interval between vaccination and pet ct were compared using man whitney yeah we don't care about just stat tests they did some stats on it okay the study included 303 non-vaccinated patients and 700 vaccinated patients so quite substantial study group for this type of quantitative measure of uh physiological function. Vaccinated patients had overall higher myocardial FDG uptake compared to non-vaccinated patients. Uh, myocardial SUV max was higher in vaccinated patients regardless of sex or patient age compared to corresponding non-vaccinated groups. Furthermore, increased myocardial FDG uptake was observed in patients imaged a bunch of days there and <laughs> literally up to 180 days after second vaccination so that would be 2150 six months <laughs> and increased ipsilateral axillary uptake was observed in patients after their second vaccination conclusion compared to non-vaccinated patients asymptomatic patients who received their second vaccination one to 180 days prior to imaging showed increased myocardial FDG uptake on PET-CT. Now, what does it mean, increased uptake of FDG? It's the tracer that they're using. It's basically based on glucose, and it's an indirect measure of inflammation in this instance. Um, uh, so vaccine negative. You can see uh, organs relatively clear. And do we have vaccine negative and vaccine positive? 
And there you can see the lymph node and, of course, cardiac region. Um, eh, is that spleen? Looks more like spleen to me. But uh, I'll, I'll believe them and say that it's uh, heart. And uh, oh, just a quick basic bar graph. So um, quite a concise study um, and lends credence to the autopsy data. And what does it mean with respect to unexpected events that could occur? Now, we have a measured through autopsy and through in vivo imaging a signal around cardiac tissue and it may just be that if you lead a sedentary life it's not going to be a problem um, it's when you push yourself that you're going to encounter the unpredictability zone and I, I would say on the strength of this that um, it should be enough to say no. And um, have you had you been coerced into taking these shots? Um, you should feel pretty annoyed that potentially your um, the lifetime of your cardiovascular system has been impacted. This doesn't include um, what we've seen uh, in this other study where we looked at um, T-cell activation and uh, viral reservoirs. And what did we see in that? Oh, um, viral reservoirs were persistent in, I want to say it was the ponds, right? Yeah, ponds, where all your uh, respiratory centers are. Um, it's, it's not a uh, clean... Um, it's the people who who would be advocating for gene transfections um, ha, uh, uh, facing a more uphill battle every day, and well, I, you know, I guess this being virus, they could argue that uh, this is more problematic than um, cardiac uh, pet imaging. But um, to me, both all scenarios especially if they're a consequence of a fucked up research program that's the uh, consequence of, well, um, military, civilian bureaucracies, private industries, all getting in and feeding at the trough of biowarfare technologies and um, trying to come up with uh, silver bullet solutions. Everyone's got jacked because of what they did. And how, how's this going to look going long term when you've, you've got this chronic inflammation in the heart? You're going through uh, repeated bouts of reinfection. Um, <laughs> expect the sustained death to continue for uh, the foreseeable future all right um i think i'm uh done and um i will 
better day. Let me just see if anyone else wanted to feed the bleak. Oh, uh, we have uh, more damn beans always. Thank you, sir. Much, much appreciated. And Vov uh, for feeding the bleak. And uh, what can we have? It is Friday. And let's have uh, Mahatma. Come on. Uh, the Sound of Freedom star Jim Caviezel, or Jesus, as America remember him, remembers him, just leaked an intimate video of Barack and Michelle Obama with a child. Uh, I'm not sure I want to look at that. Is that true? <laughs> I, I think that's spam chat. I don't recognize that. Um... Let's see. I've brought tea that helps lymph nodes. I've bought teas for everything. Um, worth a try. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> do do your best to look after yourself. Um, I've uh, I've always said just you know temper expectations. Um, that's all. Uh, Pedro Pedro says bollocks late again. Have I missed much? I don't know. Have you missed much? There are people even watching. I might not even be streaming. How much streaming? Oh, 162 watching on Rumble. Who oh, are Rumble? Get in there. Um, uh, tension for Pedro. Yeah. Maybe all those years of Mackie D's finally caught up of this guy. Uh, you mean the blick? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, let's see, 123 Telegram views on the Adam Green Kev promo, and now 2,111 views on the stream Rumble. Yeah, uh, good job. I I like that um, the little clip you made, uh, GDL. It was good. Um, let's see, Pedro Pedro says, uh, fuck those K26Rs. Uh, sentiment uh, I'm inclined to agree with. Um, do, 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 what happened? That happened to my brother. Uh, can't even do a brisk walk. Um, you know, I've been walking and, ooh, I get back and, uh, you know, the old, uh, angina like chest pain. I can feel it there. <laughs> All right. Um, right. I think that's me out of here and done. I've got a stream in seven hours with, uh, Nick and, Oh, what was his name? Um, we did we did the one before with him. Uh, let me just find his name real quick. Uh, Fact bid. Um, he's he's got some new documents, and um, Nick has been uh, giving him the knowledge drop, and so it would just be interesting to see how his thinking has evolved um when we were initially talking about um i want to say it was polio vaccines but um yeah he 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 um jumped into the uh stream and um 
I'd be, I'd be, and he he's done a number of videos and even lost a bet to Bogbrush Wilson. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. Yeah, okay, put that, and I have covered this. Done, done, done. Right, yes, I'm out of here. I've got to get to sleep. Um, more streaming in a few hours. All right, take care, God bless, and uh, see you in the next one. I know I'm going to get loads of hate mail about that video at the beginning now. That's why I'm just uh, I'm just at ease with uh, my metaphysical uh, position. I, um, I there, but for the grace of God go I, and uh, I fear <laughs> I fear I may be on a short leash with him. But uh, you know all that all that historical garbage. Uh, I'm not so much interested in. All right, see you in the next one, guys. Bye bye. You don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers! I will fucking kill each fucking kappa! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these cappers! No fucking vaccine or ever! Whatever flows through my fucking blood, blood, never! No. I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All them five? Like this guy. Send check 45,000 turned in. Let up! 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 Let up!